Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. Well, this is Tim Howard. I'm the host of Reflect the Life You Want. I'm especially excited today to have Ben Curran as a guest of the Reflect the Life You Want podcast. So welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you, Tim. Glad to be here. Well, I appreciate you very much uh, being willing to come on to the show and talk about some of the things you're learning as a leader in personal development. And we were just talking a little bit around you and I very first connected years ago when you were just a little bit ahead of school age with my oldest son, Connor Howard, at Cape Fear Academy here in Wilmington, North Carolina. That's right. I remember watching you play basketball Mm -hmm. and uh, some of your uh, classmates, and that was exciting back then. Yeah. So I wonder if you might share kind of your personal history, professional history a little bit to kind of give a little context with our listeners, and then we'll get into some really cool conversation, I think. Absolutely. So... um just like you said, grew up here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, never thought that I'd be back here at this point in my life and really thrilled that that I am back here and raising my kids here and everything like that. My wife and I are both from uh, from Wilmington, so it's been awesome to, yeah. to be back. But so grew up here, uh, went, to, went to school, undergrad in uh, Annapolis, Maryland at the Naval Academy, had a great kind of adventure there, uh, and then selected submarines as my my service selection um which which was a unique uh and different choice you know different than a lot of my, my buddies did in, yeah. in the military uh it's been about six and a half years or so um on submarines in one capacity or another um from kind of operational deployments to shoreside testing education all that stuff mm-hmm. um and then and then made the transition into the civilian world and and for me I always kind of planned to to serve in the military, wanted to do that, and a big thing in my family, um, and always meant a lot to me, but always wanted to do something creative and, and entrepreneurial and something in the business world. So, um, you know, as as I thought about that transition, what made a lot of sense to me was technology and software. Mm-hmm. Um, and through lots of conversations and networking and, you know, crazy serendipity and everything in between, got connected uh, with a, a group of people here in Wilmington that were working on kind of a software idea and the beginnings of a software company that that is Vantica, mm-hmm. um, and was able to get to know them, get to know the industry uh, in, in kind of property technology that that we work in, um, and really kind of fall in love with both. You know, great group of people, great industry, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of bet on that, and and can't kind of went all in, moved. Uh, my at the time kind of growing family. My wife and I had just had our second child. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved to Wilmington um, about four years ago, and it's been kind of off to the races. You were living then. down in Charleston prior to coming. Charleston, here. South Carolina. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I made that transition from the active duty military as an army officer in the late 1980s. So right, <laughs> it's been a long time ago. Yep, quite a bit different uh, in recent years, especially post 9-11. And sure. you, you served in an era where there was a lot going on in the world. Sure. Uh, so appreciate your service. Thank you for your yeah, service likewise. to our nation. Likewise. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I've learned to say, when people say that to me, you're worth it. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. Yeah. I, my, my if, if there's a if there's a usual response, I find myself with it, it was a it was a pleasure. Yes. And it was. You know, I'm grateful to have done it. So it was, a, it was an honor to be able yeah. to serve our nation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So you in that transition where you know we we're both as you well know you know involved with uh, some people here locally in Wilmington, whether it be the guys with Signal Fire Media, we're here in their studio today, or Veterans Business Collective that you know really been intentional about helping people in that transition from the military to the civilian world. I'm a coach with the Honor Foundation. Mm-hmm. We work with uh, mainly uh, special operators from uh, MARSOC, Marine Raiders, and Navy SEALs, and you know guys that worked in the Special Forces community as they make that transition in the military. You've really relied on, it sounds like, networking back here in your hometown to really make those connections. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, and I guess maybe I'll talk about that for, for a little bit. The um, when approaching that transition, there's a lot of anxiety for any transitioning service member, whether mm-hmm. you're incredibly prepared, somewhat mm-hmm. prepared, mm-hmm. Um, or or have no idea what you're doing. And I think most people are somewhere in between, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I felt fairly well prepared. You know, it was always part of my plan to do that. I kind of knew generally what I wanted to do, and spent a couple years before that that transition from uh, military service to kind of civilian life, just reading and educating and talking to every single person I could. Not mm-hmm. not and, and most of those not being in kind of the Wilmington network. The fact that I ended up here is the luckiest kind of <laughs> a little bit of serendipity in there. But um, just talking to people who had done it before and who had made mistakes and who had done it well and kind of just taking as many notes both mentally and, and literally. You know, I've got I think still on a hard drive in an old computer, just files and files and files of, you know, notes and, you know, things that I had kind of built there. And it took a lot of work and, yeah. and, and then, you know, and then, and then a little bit of luck for sure to, to have kind of a, a good kind of transition and outcome. And so when I got here, um, just like you got involved with, you know, a handful of organizations, the Honor Foundation, I previously, you know, served as a coach with the Honor Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, Vantica has hosted, uh, the Honor Foundation fellows on a trek to come to Vantica and kind of see how a software company works. And, um, the, at least my motivation for doing that was one, my experience, a, it was, you know, challenging, but fun, but I know there was a lot of, you know, serendipity and timing and luck and, you know, happened to, you know, talk to the right people at the right time. I know mm-hmm. that that was a big ingredient and that doesn't happen for everyone. So right. whatever, you know, whether it's, you know, you or me or a thousand other people who just want to be part of that process can do to, you know, add one more layer of connection and, and you know, kind of pay it forward. Yeah, exactly. Based right. on your own experience. Exactly right. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a challenging thing. And I think the, for most folks transitioning from the military, and I've talked about this with so many people, I think the hardest thing for so many people is understanding just how much they have to offer and how yes. valuable their skills are. Um, yeah. They're they're hard to translate sometimes, yeah. uh, but they're incredibly valuable. And the perspective um, for so many uh, transitioning veterans is also incredibly valuable. Um, they know what a really bad day looks like. So <laughs> so bad days bad days in the office are only so bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because I was, I was just thinking about asking you about what were some of those key skills that were transferable from the military. My In my own experience, like, you know, I was an Army Ranger, Airborne, Paratrooper, all that. Back then, back in the late 80s, all the, the HUA kind of stuff you could do before all these special operations stuff developed. 
but it was like, you know, some key transferable skills are like teamwork. Right. Like in the military, you, you don't do anything on your own. You're mm-hmm. always functioning as part of a team. Uh, project management skills, you know, like the ability to plan and execute a plan and be time-bound and it's the criticality of all the interdependencies between different groups and tasks and things like that. Um, and just the ability that kind of that stick to you know, that drive to mm-hmm. complete an objective um, – so I'm wondering how that transition has been for you going from the military. Now you're leading this organization as the CEO of Annika. What are you learning now that either from your prior experience or maybe new learnings that you've had as a leader that is different? Sure. Um, I think there's – well, first of all, there's so so many things. But mm-hmm. just the, the things that come immediately to mind uh, – one of the most important, both in the military, certainly in you know our business now at, at Vantica, and and I think for anyone is at least my kind of realization or perspective is that it's just all about the people, right? Um, you know, my my experience very different than yours, and I, you know, I wasn't jumping out of planes and, mm-hmm. and all, all that fun stuff. I was mm-hmm. you know keeping a submarine moving underwater for months at a time, um, but. But that's that's the ultimate relying on you know people uh, to deliver to deliver success because you know everyone from the you know the captain of the submarine kind of saying we we can go on this mission and we can go here to the um, to the youngest guy you know rigging the ship for dive and checking that the valve is shut that's going to keep the submarine from flooding like we have to rely on each other one hundred percent and so. That kind of belief that everyone, regardless of what their role is, you know, from the captain of submarine to the you know most brand new sailor on board, or the CEO of a company to the you know brand new hire, everyone's got an incredibly important role to play. Yeah, and finding the best people, and and maybe more than the best, the right people that you mm-hmm. can count on and believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me is the biggest kind of direct takeaway. It's just, hey, you know, everybody matters a lot or they should in an organization and, and finding the right people and giving them the, you know, the tools to succeed are incredibly important. I'm thinking about the book, uh, I'm going to draw a blank, uh, From Good to Great. Yes. I don't know if you read that. I have. And I was just thinking about the bus. He talks yes. about this idea of, you know, do you have the right people on the bus? Correct. And are they in the right seats? Exactly right. And uh, sometimes... You talked about you know bringing on people into a new organization. It's it's always like a fifty fifty proposition, but if you have people that have the right skill sets and you invest in them, that's right. As a leader, that's they're, right. They're more up to be successful than if you don't. But you still got to make sure that we're maximizing their skills and their gifts and their talents that uh, help the organization to move forward. Yeah, exactly right. And I love um, it's it's funny you brought up. Um, the idea of kind of right people in the right seats. We talk about that concept constantly yeah. at Vantica and 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 probably in the military as well. Um, this translates, but the importance of the right people first and then the right seats. You know, that mm-hmm. it's not a balanced equation. You can't have, well, if you have one of these things, it's good enough. You know, mm-hmm. if you're 
if you're in the right seat, if you're great at your job and you're, you know, the competent jerk, so to speak, <laughs> like there's no room for that, period. Right. Um, right. And I think the same, you know, that goes for a healthy military uh, outfit as well as any kind of organization that's looking to grow mm-hmm. and move. But if you've got the right person who's a great cultural fit and a great team player and they're in the right seat, that person is probably worth, you know, finding the right role. Where do they need to be? Where does their skill set mm-hmm. fit? What do they, you know, what role do they get, want, and need? Yeah. Well, as you were talking, I was just thinking about culture. And I'm thinking about you as a CEO of an organization, and I always I talk about oftentimes this idea of the shadow of the leader. Okay, so mm-hmm. everything flows from the direction the leader provides. Now, you're accountable to investors and a board of directors and whatnot, but it's like how do you see yourself as that key leader and the, the, the shadow that you're casting into the organization to help to create the kind of culture you want to, you want to, you want to have and you want to cultivate – how do you go about doing that well? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know. Um, I agree. It kind of it, it's very important to to set those expectations. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ownership of that culture is is spread, and it's about creating an environment where you know those types of folks can can thrive. Mm-hmm. And I really, at least from from the perspective of someone sitting in my seat, I think it's it's as much about accountability as mu- as the others, right? The culture is what we all make it. It's, you know, it's kind of a bottom-up culture thing. We set these expectations where we're going to bring in the right people and we're going to hold people accountable to, you know, to driving that positive culture. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, I think um, of, of at least my role is, you know, the buck stops somewhere, right? And it, it yep. certainly stops with me, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's ultimately accountable for that and you're, you know, and then you drive that back down. But, um, I think it's about creating an atmosphere, setting the expectations for the culture, and then creating an atmosphere where that culture can be real. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing is saying, "Oh, our culture is you know this. We're all team players, or we're, you know whatever the case is," and then creating an atmosphere that doesn't allow that or doesn't foster that. Mm-hmm. So it's about setting kind of setting the atmosphere for people to live to that. I'm just thinking, about, you know, what's like one really big win that you can think about or reflect upon that you've helped to create or cultivate with that team. Okay. Uh, let me, I'll give you a thoughtful answer. Um, I think I'll give an example of, you know, the idea early on with, with Vantica as a, as a software company that um, manages, you know, we, we bring on companies who manage large numbers of community associations. So HOAs, condos, things like that. So our customers have a number of customers on there. And so onboarding them is complicated. There's data transition. There's all, mm-hmm. there's all this stuff. Um, one of the things that we really believe strongly in is this culture of always growing and learning new capabilities. And for the first couple years of us kind of being in business, our onboarding process changed every single month because it was this, the team that was doing it would come up with new ideas and change the process and, you know, change that. And that wasn't me or anyone on our senior team saying, this is the way thou shalt onboard customer. It was a, Mm -hmm. we need to learn from this and you need to, you know, come back with learnings every time and, and grow that and change it. And it's evolved so much. And now the tweaks are smaller. They're, you know, little course changes rather than, you know, giant turns to the right Mm -hmm. or left because we've got that dialed in. Mm -hmm. But I think that was a very cultural, uh, it, it came from a place of kind of continuous growth rather than a directional kind of point mm-hmm. from any leadership team. It just happens on its own. And, and I think that's important is, um, you know, if our, if our core values kind of always be growing and, you know, there's no bad ideas, you got to let the team make mm-hmm. the changes and make mistakes. And mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been an amazing process for us. I was thinking of what, what maybe was a challenge or something that you worked through as a group, as a team that maybe – 
didn't go quite as well, but you're you're grateful for having had the experience to go through that, that you guys mm-hmm. have learned and that you've adapted and now you're applying within the organization to better serve your customers? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I'll go, I'll turn that back to people also. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, you know, as a company who's grown fast, relatively speaking, we, you know, 100% growth a year for the past several years. And that means a lot of new people and new faces and sometimes people coming in and senior leadership roles to take on a lot of responsibility, have a lot of people reporting up to them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And and we've mishired for for roles in the past and caused, you know, turmoil in the short term. Mm-hmm. And and luckily, I think we've had the the bravery in a couple of those situations or maybe the audacity to, to fail fast on those and say, yep. this is this is wrong. This is the wrong cultural fit. Maybe they're a highly capable person in whatever the role is, um, but it's the wrong cultural fit. And I think uh, having a team who's willing to say, yes, they may be a highly capable person, they're in the right seat, but they're not the right person, mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the culture or for the team mm-hmm. and willing to, to fail on that, mm-hmm. um, has, has been, you know, something I've been grateful for to mm-hmm. go through that a couple of times. And, and at least what I've found is in those situations, at least sitting in the seat that I do, you look at that and say, oh, if we make this change, if we, you know, remove this person that we were, mm-hmm. you know, placing this big bet on, um, the team's going to hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are we doing? This person, we need this capability, whatever the case is. And, and if you're, if it's someone who's the wrong cultural fit for the team, I've found that more often than not, you, you know, you make that change, you make that decision and the feedback from the team is, well, what took you so long? <laughs> yes. What, you know, like it was obvious uh, that this uh, wasn't uh, the right fit. Uh, what are we doing? And then, you know, the, and the team can rise up and, and, you know, really take on. Well, more. I just want to affirm that for you as a leader, having, having led a lot of different types of organizations in the past is, uh, but going back to that idea of who's on the bus, right. that good to great concept, is the willingness and the courage to uh, take responsibility for that as a leader. I was sharing uh, recently a new acronym. I'm a, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of acronyms and acrostics, and this one I learned recently uh, from Jim Quick, who wrote the book Limitless, Okay, um, is this idea of old. So when you make a mistake, you want to learn. So the, the O stands for to own it. Okay. It's like take responsibility. Yep. I, I made this decision. It wasn't the best decision, but the values I have, the culture are more mm-hmm. important to me at Advanica than this one individual. Right. And then the L stands for to learn from it. So it's like, okay, I made this decision based on these factors, these kinds of things. What What is it that happened or occurred that I could learn from that might mm-hmm. help me later in making a better mm-hmm. informed decision? And then... Um, the D stands for to, you know, basically not make that mistake again. Okay, right. don't don't repeat that mistake. Yep. So if we do, then we're making a choice. That's right. 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 So uh, again, the acrostic for me is to old. So it's like just one way to learn for myself is like, okay, I made a decision. wasn't the best decision. Right. My team is honored that I corrected my decision. They're still supporting me. Right. But I can recalibrate and I can move forward better informed and next time as a leader in that situation, I can be even better. Yeah. No, I love that. I'll, 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 I'll use that acronym for sure. My, oh. our, my, my, my non-acronym kind of acronym way that we always think about that is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are awesome once. Like yeah. make the same mistake again, and it's like, what are we doing? We've got to learn from it, um, and then you know, don't repeat it. But they're they're good good to make one. Time. I was thinking of uh, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. She said, uh, heard her talking one time where her her father, for her and her brother, like at the the evening dinner table, 
the father would always ask him, what did they do that was a failure today? Sure. To honor it and to make sure it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Right. And you've talked about failing forward fast, right? Sure. So to honor that and be open to and take responsibility that it's okay to make mistakes. It's just like learn from it. Right. Well, I want to shift gears from um, something more specifically to what you're doing at Vanica to ahead of the show, I'd asked you to take a look at the Reflect Acrostic. Reflect the Life You Want is the name of this podcast. It's the theme of the Mirror Book Project that's co-authored by Maria Spears and I. And the chapter of the book, uh, the first E is to each day to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, what was it about that chapter that most resonated with you, and what might you share with us about gratitude? Yeah, I I, um, I think about the concept of gratitude a lot, both from a perspective of leadership, and I think leading with gratitude and, mm-hmm. and being kind of grateful and starting starting there to lead any organization is important. But then um, – I think gratitude is so important when trying to solve hard problems or trying to make progress, and whether it's your personal life or professional life or anything else. Um, I just think that if if you can start with a position of being grateful for what you know, even having the opportunity to make the mistakes that mm-hmm. you know we're making, or having the opportunity to solve the problems we're solving, it, it shifts the whole perspective for me of, of what that is instead of a. Uh, you know, a victim kind of mentality or a, this is so hard and I can't do this because mm-hmm. becomes a, okay, we're here. Like how grateful am I that we get to, you know, solve these challenges mm-hmm. and that our, our team at Vanica gets to uh, try to grow and, and, you know, gain new customers and, you know, expand, you know, in, in new markets. Okay, great. So whatever challenges come at us today, like that's, we are so lucky to be solving these mm-hmm. problems. These are such fun yeah. problems to solve. Um, so I, I think just the concept of gratitude in general and starting from a place of gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, personal life, professional life is, is wildly important to me. Yeah, well, I, I do coaching with other men and we, we teach to really focus on gratitude a lot and this idea that, you know, what you focus on expands. Right. So if you're grateful for your experiences, you're more apt to see the good in other people. You're right. more apt to see the opportunity in a situation. It's like if I can stay there as a focus to – the negative, like what was the failure, what was right. the disappointment, or what didn't go right. Uh, stay focused on what went well. So I'm wondering if you were are able to or willing to share like something you're especially grateful for recently, business wise or personally. That sure is uh, something that's of significance to you. Uh, I'll so I'll start I'll start business uh, since we're, we're talking about it. But um, I'm incredibly grateful for the team of people that we have. I, I, every day, you know, you read the news and and COVID's, you know, had a, a bunch of different impacts on workforce and retention and struggled to, you know, recruit the best people. And, and you know, we've had certainly, you know, we've experienced those things just like everyone else has, but, mm-hmm. but not to the degree that, you know, we read about on the news. And we just, we have such an amazing team of people that when new challenges or opportunities come up, it's been... Um, very motivating and, and kind of empowering to just look at the team that we've we've mm-hmm. built and the team that's kind of um, all around us at Vanica and say we can solve these challenges you know we can we can take these things on so um, yeah, again uh, that's probably some bit of the intentional kind of team we've built a little bit of luck and mm-hmm. and a great kind of culture coming together but um, we've got a really dynamic group of people and and um, I'm just grateful to work with super smart people who yeah. like to have a lot of fun with each other. Um, it makes kind of the that that crazy growth cycle of a, a company that's moving fast and and growing a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a quote that I, I can't remember where I heard it, but I've used it a handful of times um, about the startup journey and is a startup is overcoming setback after setback after setback with enthusiasm. Mm. That's what it is. And, and I think that, you know, the people, um, the people that are around you make it easy to have that enthusiasm of like, mm. oh, okay, here, here's a new challenge. And even, even an opportunity that feels like a challenge. Um, but just amazing people. I mean, I, I'm grateful for the people I work with. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm thinking about the concept both of resiliency, but I'm also thinking about how, you know, when people come together, kind of unified towards an effort mm-hmm. that's just so incredibly gratifying that you you have that sense of we're in this together, right? And we're going to accomplish great things. Well, so. and, and um, the the other kind of component, and it, it, it's helpful to to remind us how grateful we should be for so many of these things is when you're moving fast. And there's always another challenge. There's always another roadblock in front of you. But if you kind of measure backwards and say, well, what did we do in the last 90 days or the last year? Um, It's really easy to be grateful for that. Then, Mm -hmm. okay, great. So now we we overcome this challenge or or we solve for this. And and I think think of a a great book, if you haven't seen it already, that relates to what you were just describing Mm -hmm. is The Gain Versus The Gap. Right. Is to focus on look at all the progress we've made, which is gets back to that gratitude perspective Correct. versus focus on the gap remaining or the problem ahead of us. But okay, we've accomplished these great things. We've overcome these kinds of challenges. We can take on this next one. Exactly right. We've yeah. got the capacity. We have the ability. So. Yeah, we we um, I know exactly what book you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. and we talk about that concept. And it's very easy um, in the daily grind to live in the gap and live in the okay, what do we have to do today? What, what's the challenge? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's rare that we can kind of remove ourselves from that and, and measure backwards and say, okay, well, what have we done? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really good to be able to look back and reflect upon it. Like, wow, look at how right. much success we've had. Gives you confidence to move forward to the next one. Exactly right. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing it. Ahead of the show, I also um, sent you a couple questions to consider uh, sure. that we'd be talking about this afternoon. And um, the first one is really more personal, and the second one is more for everybody else. But it's like, if you could think about one thing in your own life, me, Ben Kern, CEO of Avanica, but also husband, mm-hmm. father, it's like, what is one thing that you're reflecting on for yourself to reflect more of the life you want to live? Uh, for me... My what I think about for myself is, is patience. I'm I'm an incredibly um, driven but also impatient person, mm-hmm. um, and and that's both good mm-hmm. uh, in business a lot of times and, mm-hmm. and also tough. So I think about you know if I can if I can be more patient, I can also uh, give people the time to mm-hmm. to kind of uh, to succeed uh, on their own, right? Mm-hmm. And that's everything from being patient with, you know, at, at home with your kids when they're learning to do mm-hmm. something. Like, let them make the mistake and let them, you mm-hmm. know, figure it out and, and, and all that. So I think it, you know, is very applicable with family. And then, you know, that allows for so much, you know, growth and positivity mm-hmm. there. And the same thing uh, professionally is, you know, uh, just because you think you know the answer, like, let someone else come up with it. Be patient. Let Again, it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, go back to your old acronym, let's let's make the mistake and let's own it. Let's learn from it and don't repeat it. But mm-hmm. the patience to let some of that happen mm-hmm. um, is something that I'm, I certainly work on mm-hmm. for myself. Well, thank you for sharing. What's coming to mind for me kind of relates back to what you're talking about gratitude earlier, mm-hmm. this idea of being present. Right. 
So if I can be fully present with it, my kids or right. my colleagues and giving them the capacity to do what they need to do, what they need to learn from, um, as opposed to thinking ahead to what's next, sure. just being present in the moment sure. is a powerful skill for you as a leader and as a husband and as a, a father, yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Well, great. Well, if you know, you're... Um, you're in your early 30s now, right? That's right. Okay. So uh, early, early be- becoming mid, I, I, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yes. Well, it's really cool for me to you know remember seeing you as a young man. To now, you're leading this incredible organization here in Wilmington, North Carolina. So it's it's just kind of gratifying just to be able to see that and see someone come up through the community, have success, and now you're having even greater impact as a leader in our community. But I'm wondering at this stage of life, if there's like one piece of wisdom you could impart to others, um, it might be something that you would share with an earlier version of yourself, if you could, mm-hmm. or someone you might meet as a new employee, or you're trying to bring into your culture, or just someone you encounter out in the world. What would be that one piece of wisdom that you would share to reflect more of the life they want? Yeah, it's a great question, and and you sent it to me before, and I, I thought a lot about it, and my answer is maybe too simple, but um, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's what I think, um, and it's you know people talk about this concept a ton, but I think it's important is finding finding a why for what you want to do, mm-hmm. whether it's in your personal life, professional life, like what is what's the real why, getting to the real root motivation of like what's going to really make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it took me a while, and I've talked about this um, with a lot of people um, because it, once I got clarity around it, it was like, oh my gosh, now now you know, kind of directionally, I, I get where I'm going. Um, and you know, professionally, my why is like I want to solve really really hard problems, really complex problems with really smart people. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that was kind of my why of, mm-hmm. of my professional life when I whether joined the Navy or went into submarines, but I realized there were parts about each of those things that I loved. And it was mm-hmm. the, if there's a complex problem and endless challenges to solve and getting to do it with really smart people, like my cup is full, right? I'm, yeah. I'm happy when I have that opportunity. And that's what I, I certainly found um, as kind of an opportunity for, for Vantica and, and our industry has challenges to solve. And, and mm-hmm. you know, building a software company is hard, mm-hmm. um, but doing it with a team of people that you trust, enjoy being with and, yeah. and challenge you and are, are super smart. Um, like I, I, you know, I have so much fun doing that every day. So I, I think that's what I've kind of found that, that why for, for me at least. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think figuring that out and whether it's a, you know, a personal why or, or a hobby, why, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. whatever is going to cause you every single day to just be grateful for that opportunity yeah. to do it. Um, that, that's kind of any, any advice that I've got, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's incredibly powerful, and uh, talk a lot about that in the coaching practice I have is that you, know, you got to have a reason to get up every morning, you know. And what I work with a lot of men is you know discovering what are the desires of your heart, what are the unique talents and giftings mm-hmm. that you've been given that are meant to be shared with the world. And so it sounds like you're one of those unique callings for you is to solve really challenging problems, but that's right. also personally rewarding for you right. to get to do it. And gratifying with a group of people to solve these big problems. So that's, that's really right. cool. Yeah. I, I think that's very sound wisdom for anybody. Sure. To focus on what drives you, what sets your soul on fire. Mm-hmm. 
because that's what's going to get you motivated and give you the ability to move through some of those challenges that you're going to face. It's like, let's remember why we're here. That's right. We like solving really complex problems with really incredibly talented people that I get to surround myself with every day. That's right. That's that's motivating. Well, you guys have, um, you're growing rapidly as a a Vanica. That's right. You're creating um, a platform that's obviously very effective for people in the the space that you serve and the HOA management and other communities and things like that. So if people want to learn more about Avanica or learn more about Ben Kern, connect with you personally, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I, I think um, for Vantica, um, just you know, go to our website and jump off from there. There's mm-hmm. information. It'll kind of take you where you need to go. So, so Vantica, V-A-N-T-A-C-A. Um, dot com. And then, uh, me personally, you know, I, I'm, I'm on there, uh, you know, on, I'm on LinkedIn, Ben yeah. Curran, uh, if you don't, if you want to connect, happy to do it. Um, yeah. but, but that's it. We're, we're just, we're having a lot of fun. Well, I just want to honor you as a, a leader in our community and the impact you're making in this business. I, th- I thank you for taking the time to come in and share some of the stuff that you're learning and with our listening audience. And I just wish you continued success, both in business and perverse professionally and personally. And I always just say to my guests, just go out and live a life of greatness. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. All right.